Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We've been reading in the book of Numbers. Last time we read Numbers chapter 9. And chapter 9 was about the Passover and then the uh, the makeup. We'll call it the makeup or the secondary Passover. And then also about the cloud on the tabernacle. How they would camp when the when the cloud was there, and then when the cloud moved, when the cloud left the tabernacle and moved, they would pack up and follow the cloud. So now we're ready to read Numbers chapter 10. I am reading in the Amplified Bible. The Lord spoke further to Moses, saying, Make two trumpets of silver. You shall make them of hammered work. You shall use them to summon the congregation and to have the camps move out. When both are blown, all the congregation, that is, all adult males, shall gather before you at the doorway of the tent of meeting, tabernacle. However, if a single trumpet is blown, then the leaders, heads of the tribes of Israel, shall gather themselves to you. When you blow an alarm, the camps on the east side of the tabernacle shall set out. When you blow an alarm the second time, the camps on the south side of the tabernacle shall set out. They shall blow an alarm whenever they are to move out on their journeys. When the assembly is to be gathered, you shall blow the trumpets in short, sharp tones, but without sounding an alarm. The sons of Aaron, the priests, shall blow the trumpets, and the trumpets shall be for you a perpetual statute throughout your generations. When you go to war in your land against the enemy that attacks you, then sound an alarm with the trumpets, so that you may be remembered before the Lord your God, and you shall be saved from your enemies. Also in the day of rejoicing, and in your appointed feasts, and at the beginnings of your months, you shall sound the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifice of your peace offerings, and they shall be as a reminder of you before your God. I am the Lord your God. So this is interesting in, in several different aspects. I can see how perhaps our Calvary in the old days got the idea of blowing, you know, blowing the horn, blowing the bugle when they were, when they were uh, on the attack. Um, we can see uh, how the the horn was used here to gather the people, and how the horn was blown over the offerings and the sacrifice in a in a way of worship. And it's just very interesting to see that. Uh, and I know there's a bit of a debate that's gone on for a couple of centuries, you know, about you know instruments and Christian music and all that. But uh, we have to understand that God has never changed, and that God has given us things. You know, he's given us all these things on the earth for our use. And uh, and as you see here and as you see, like in Second Chronicles and other places in the Bible, instruments and things like that are are there to be used by us. And when we and everything we do is really supposed to be, you know, uh, in the name of the Lord or in worship to the Lord, the things we do. And, and that includes music and using musical instruments and and there just isn't really a debate on this it's just a historical thing uh there's no there's no change in the new testament that 
puts away or does away with with instruments and the ability to be able to use instruments. Now, it's a choice. Certainly don't use instruments if you don't want to. And as Paul would say, I guess, because he, you know, he mentioned things like this about food. If it's sin for you, then I guess it's sin for you and you don't want to do that. And that's fine. But we, we want to be careful that we're not being judgmental towards others or condemning others for doing something simply because maybe it's not what we want to do or what we, you know, what we do. So we just want to be careful of that. Um, <clears throat> nonetheless, like I said, I, I, I kind of see how this could influence, um, like I said, our old Calvary charges. And you can kind of see how, you know, in the movies, they used to do these big fanfares when the, when the royal people would come out, when the king or queen, they would blow the horns. And you kind of get an idea of that. And, uh, and then they were using this also for a good purpose, like to uh, sound the alarm that they were breaking camp, they were moving out, you know, they were doing this. So they were using this in a way that made sense because that would be a good way to communicate to a lot of people. Remember, they were actually, I think they were, what did we say? We said there were around a million of them or more. So, uh, you know, having these horns go off would let people know what was going on, that, that hey, we're getting ready to move out, uh, that kind of thing. It'd be a quick way to communicate. So. It's not a bad thing at all. It's a pretty, pretty cool idea, given their situation. When you think about it, this was a kind of technology that they would need, because otherwise everything had to be word of mouth, or you had to, be, had to have people screaming and yelling, and I don't think that would have been as efficient. So, all right, let's continue on. On the 20th day of the second month in the second year since leaving Egypt, the cloud of the Lord's presence was lifted from over the tabernacle of the testimony, and the Israelites set out on their journey from the wilderness of Sinai, and the cloud of the Lord's guiding presence settled down in the wilderness of Paran. So they moved out for the first time in accordance with the command of the Lord through Moses. The standard of the camp of the sons of Judah, according to their armies, moved out first. Nashon, the son of Amenadab, was commander over its army, and Nathanael, the son of Zuar, was commander over the tribal army of the sons of Issachar, and Eliab, the son of Helon, was commander over the tribal army of the sons of Zebulun. Then the tabernacle was taken down, and the sons of Gershon and the sons of Merari, who were carrying the tabernacle, moved out. Next, the standard of the camp of the sons of Reuben, according to their armies, moved out, with Eleazar the son of Shadur, commander over its army, and Shalumiel, the son of Zurashaddai, was commander over the tribal army of the sons of Simeon, and Eliasaph, the son of Duol, was commander over the tribal army of the sons of Gad. Then the Kohathites moved out, carrying the holy things, and the tabernacle was set up before they arrived. Next, the standard of the camp of the sons of Ephraim moved out according to their armies with Elishama, the son of Amahad, commander over its army, and Gamaliel, the son of Pedazur, was commander over the tribal army of the sons of Manasseh, and Abadan, the son of Gideoni, was commander over the tribal army of the sons of Benjamin. Then the standard of the camp of the sons of Dan, according to their armies, 
which formed the rear guard for all the camps, moved out with Ahazir, the son of Amashaddai, commander over its army. And Pagiel, the son of Ochran, was commander over the tribal army of the sons of Asher. And Ahira, the son of Anan, was commander over the tribal army of the sons of Naphtali. This was the order of march of the sons of Israel by their armies as they moved out. Then Moses said to Hobab, the son of Ruel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, We are going to the place of which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come with us, and we will be good to you, for the Lord has promised good things concerning Israel. But Hobab, Moses' brother-in-law, said to him, I will not go. I will return to my own land and to my family. Then Moses said, Please do not leave us, for you know how we are to camp in the wilderness, and you will serve as eyes for us as we make our trek through the desert. So if you will go with us, it shall be that whatever good the Lord does for us, we will do the same for you. So they set out from the mountain of the Lord, Sinai, three days' journey, and the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord went in front of them during the three days' journey to seek out a resting place for them. The cloud of the Lord was over them by day when they set out from the camp. Whenever the Ark set out, Moses said, Rise up, O Lord, let your enemies be scattered, and let those who hate you flee before you. And when the Ark rested, Moses said, Return, O Lord, to the myriad, many thousands of Israel. So that is Numbers chapter 10. And you notice this goes in relationship to what they had been instructed regarding how to do their camp, how to set their camp up, how to break it down and leave. This is showing their order of march that they would take and do this. This is how they would move because they were uh, they were a lot of people. They were a great number of people, and for them to, they had to have some organization so that they could, you know, break their camp down and move out. And then when they were in the place where God wanted them to stop and make camp, they would have to be able to again stop, put the tabernacle back together and all that. So there, everything had to be organized and done in a fairly orderly way. So it's just interesting to see how they did that and to uh, read about it here. Now, as far as Hobab goes, it doesn't specifically say that Hobab relented and stayed with them. However, there is a reference here that we believe that Hobab and his family or those folks did stay with the Israelites and journeyed with them because there are a couple of references to their descendants living in Canaan later on, and we'll see that in Judges and in 1 Samuel. So just wanted to mention that. Uh, the specific reference, if you want that, is Judges 1, uh, verse 16, and 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 6. Okay? All right, so again, this has been Numbers chapter 10. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.